Welcome to the Partnership Economy. This podcast explores the power of partnerships through candid conversations with industry leaders. Join our hosts, Dave Yavano, CEO, and Todd Crawford, co-founder of Impact.com, as they unpack the future of partnerships as a lever for scale and an opportunity to put the consumer first. Welcome, everybody, to the Partnership Economy Podcast. I'm your host, Todd Crawford, co-founder and vice president of strategic initiatives at impact.com. I'm joined today by Melissa Feimster, co-founder at Team Bespoke. Welcome, Melissa. It's great to have you. Thank you for having me, Todd. Yeah. So before we go dive into some industry talk, I guess I'd like everybody to understand your background. You've got a lot of background in affiliate and partnerships and Also, tell us a little bit more about Team Bespoke. Of course. As you reference, I have been in this space since 2004, and I just love the affiliate and partnership space. I'm happy I found a home here. And I've had the pleasure of working across a number of roles in my time. Um, I spent much time at what was Linkshare, then became Rakuten Marketing, that's now Rakuten Advertising, um, and built my career there and ended running the US and UK as the GM of the business. Um, I left there to join a startup, and that's what really planted the seed ultimately for Team Bespoke because at that startup, my role was to really help the team monetize our business through affiliate and put together really large strategic brand partnerships with really large retailers. And so after that was acquired, I had the opportunity to sort of think about what I wanted to do next. And I saw this place in the market for both helping advertisers and publishers understand the affiliate space who are new to it, who have a great business idea, but they just don't know about this space in particular. And so we started Team Bespoke. I have two co-founders in 2019, and we've been helping advertisers and publishers understand the space ever since. It's really fun. Well, kudos to you because I think understanding is definitely key to growing this industry. And I know a lot of brands kind of follow their competitors and they see they have a partnership or affiliate channel and they think they need one, of course, but a lot of them don't understand what it takes. And some small startups and stuff don't have the resources either. So having an agency that can not only educate them, but really get things going is, I think, really key to success because a lot of people, like I said, they just don't know what they're getting into and all the moving pieces. It's not like uh, Google or Facebook where you kind of are just putting coins in the machine, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's always almost the first thing we talk about either on a new business call or when we just started working with a client. We're like, this channel is a lot of work, but it has high reward in exchange, but it's definitely not programmatic, very relationship-based and one where it just does help to know the right people. And when they hire us, we can make a few phone calls and make things happen you know, so much faster. Awesome. Well, let's get into talking shop a little. So we're recording this on October 1st. So we're definitely on our way to holiday season. What's top of your mind right now? I guess talking with your clients and managing accounts, what do you, what's really top of your mind right now? Full on holiday, as you said, it's crazy to think somewhere between like Labor Day and October 1st. All holidays starts to have this evolution of, oh, we're still working on starting to plan it too. Oh my gosh, are we too late? Like somewhere in that month of September, it sort of runs that that whole span. So we are totally concentrating on booking holiday for our advertisers, especially working with them on coming up with the best promotions and deals that they're going to want to push. 
Like last year, we're predicting that shopping has already begun and will be really strong throughout October. So we want to help guide our clients on being ready for consumers to be shopping for gifts even right now all the way through December. And I think similar to last year, we'll see a little bit less of a spiky holiday season in that cyber week. I think we'll continue to see a lot more spread out. And we're also advising clients just to be as clear as possible on shipping and logistics and things like that, because I'm sure everyone listening and you have read the headlines of there already being issues with the ports in Long Beach and the how many trucks we can get to bring all the goods to each of our clients' warehouses. So there's delays. Some folks just haven't gotten in some of their fall merchandise yet. So we're definitely asking folks to be as clear as possible so the consumers know when gifts will arrive as well. It's just going to be a really interesting holiday season. <laughs> yeah, I think I just was watching the news last night and I was surprised that companies like Target and Walmart are actually chartering their own ships to get their products. I mean, it's crazy. The, and then obviously, like you said, in Long Beach, they're just not able to unload them because of labor shortages there. This is definitely backing things up. I mean, this is the time when all this stuff is arriving that, that people are going to buy in Q4. And I think maybe originally we just thought that manufacturing might be a little behind because that's kind of what COVID has kind of brought to the table. But now the actual logistics of getting it from point A to point B to point C to point D. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely. I think, I think you're right though. Like communication is key, like giving people an understanding that maybe even an email notice, like if you're going to be shopping with us, shop early, or we won't have certain things in stock until later anyway. So I think once they get it, delivery will still be fine. It's just having it in, in stock. And also I think just knowing where you're ordering, like where are they shipping from? Cause I know a lot of these D2C companies, they don't disclose it and you don't really realize it. And then once the order is placed, it's weeks because it's actually coming from China, your one little package. No, totally. And I do think, you know, other things out of marketing's controls, like staffing and things like that, that are going to come up is going to be like an interesting holiday season too. But given all of this, I am feeling that just in our space, which is not all coupon and deal, but is definitely, it's a large part of it. I think we might not see the same crazy deals this holiday because people might not have warehouses full of stuff that they're scared they aren't going to move through. So it could be a little more buy one, get one, a little more 15% off than some of the crazy 30 to 50 we saw last year. And last year, you know, the week of the election, I mean, sometimes it's like how fast time passes, you forget. But last year in that election almost all of our clients. And I think almost all the networks you can speak to impact, but like saw such a dip in sales that week of the whole election. And so this year, that's going to be up year over year for almost everyone. And so that's kind of a nice confidence builder. I feel like as every e-commerce company is looking at November, as they enter the month, they're going to see sales up year over year. And they might be like, hey, maybe we don't need to do as deep of a discount as we were maybe thinking. So anything else going on related to Q4 planning? We're really working on gift guides. So I was sort of talking about that window in September when everyone gets ready. But I feel like all the content sites have now analyzed last year's gift guides. They figured out what really worked well for them, where they need to make improvements. And so we're trying to do as much as we can to feed them, our clients, for those gift guides. I'm really using 
a lot of the messaging that they'll use, you know, best gifts for him, best gifts for her, that kind of thing. And really trying to get our clients in as many of those gift guides as possible because they're being written now. And even if the client doesn't have the inventory in yet or they know what they'll get, just to make sure that they're even just included. On the gift guide. So you're not writing gift guides. You know that publishers are a lot of these large content sites, you know. So you want to feed them information so that they're thinking of your clients. So what are some best practices or tips there? Absolutely. So as early as you can get it, that's the best tip I've got. Um, And then also looking back at last year, like last week. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And looking back at last year, I mean, everyone is a human who's on the other side of the coin and they're very busy at all of these content sites. So you probably know best the articles that did so well last year and helping them and being like, hey, remember this one? This one did so well. It earned you $10,000 last year. We want to comp that. We would love it if you're refreshing this exact gift guide. Here's the new in-stock legging that you can replace that with or whatever it might be. So really just helping with some data from last year, looking at the style of each publisher, what they like to include and making sure they've got all the and if you can provide depth of inventory, I think that's really helpful as well. Uh, so if you know you're going to be like thousands deep in a certain skew, letting them know that because you know for the content sites they're so busy throughout the season. If you've stocked out of something, they've got a gift guide that's got something in it somebody can't buy. Um, and so helping them understand that that depth, I think, is important too. That's really a good tip. And maybe some people are going to have to use these tips for next year because it is it is getting tight. You're right. So anything else you want to touch on that's top of mind right now? You're going to say something when I took you back to oh, gift no, guides. No. On the publisher side, because we run both advertisers and publishers, the other top of mind thing for holiday is getting in as many programs as possible. You know, sometimes this time of year, advertisers are more open to adding new partners right before holiday. So I feel like September and October are really that part, um, that time of year. We just started working with a brand new publisher client called To and From, which is for gifting entirely. And so we're just trying to get them in as many advertiser programs as possible because they're just launching their business now. And then the other thing that's top of mind, I would say that's totally unrelated to holiday is celebrities. We are really seeing when we can get our clients' products in the hands of celebrities that it is really moving. And that's not necessarily new, but... We're just really seeing our our content partners being great partners to us when we share that information to them. So our impact client, Fraser Sterling, recently had Justin Bieber wear one of their necklaces. And working with our content partners to cover that was really fun. And it resulted in a ton of sales for the client. Yeah, that's another good tip, like staying on top of that and making sure you bring it to the attention, not only of the content, but basically any publisher, because just to be able to have that picture or mention it is something that can push sales, right? I mean, hopefully they have the inventory. That sounds like that necklace is going to sell really well. (laughs) Exactly. This podcast is brought to you by impact.com, the leading global partnership management platform. Impact.com is your marketplace to discover and manage all types of partnerships, including affiliates, influencers, B2B partners, and commerce content publishers. All right, so let's shift gears a little. What is keeping you up at night? Wow. Well, I am actually a person who legit stays up in the night and thinks about things. I'll be dreaming and I actually do wake up thinking about business problems. So this is a great question. 
I mean, I'll answer it very truthfully from the perspective of a business owner, which I'm sure you have probably also felt this way, although maybe not as recently since Impact is such a large company now. But back in the day, you know, I'm starting a business and for a while it was just my two co-founders and me. And in the past year, last year at this time, we didn't have any full-time employees and now we have five. And so we've grown really quickly and we thankfully have the business to support that. But I deeply care that these employees have left very solid, predictable incomes and come to our startup and joined us and put their faith in us and handed us their livelihoods. And so at night, that's what I think about is being entrusted with that and making sure that I'm being as good a steward for them as I can be and helping to always grow our business. But that's something that definitely, you know, it's, I don't know, sometimes you get advice from people and they're like, you you know, you can't worry about that, but I, I really care. Hey, I'm right there with you. I know, especially when you're a startup, you know, people are taking a bigger risk coming to to work for you, even though they they know you and they respect you and they think you're going to do well. Uh, It is a bigger risk. And and likewise, you, you see it. That's important. And I think wanting them to this to be a something that advances their career, right? Like it's not just another job. You you need people to work for you, but you want them to go to the next level eventually, right? Like to me, I always say, you know, when you think of people that are entrepreneurs, most people think about them as like getting their idea out and creating a business. But to me, it's always been two-sided. It's the ability to make change somehow, you know, disrupt or whatever, but also the chance to employ people is super exciting as a business owner. I mean, I mean, I remember back in the early days, people that were waiters or waitresses that came to work for us and 20 years later are now executives and VPs and have started their own companies and had tremendous success. And it's just so rewarding to kind of, you know, LinkedIn and Facebook lets you kind of keep track of people that way and to see their careers. I mean, it's, it's not because of us, but it, we're part of that journey and it's exciting always. No question. And it's just neat. Not that it can happen at a bigger company, but at a small company, I think folks feel like they can truly help shape the future. Um, and we just came off of a, a two-day offsite with our team and it was pretty inspiring to get everybody together and you know have them list out, here's the clients we would love to win in 2022. Here's the other business expansion we would love to do. And it's just fun to have so many brains on this, and not just the three of ours. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is fun. It's fun for them too, I'm sure. So anything else keeping you up? Honestly, partly what we were just talking about with the logistics and other things, you know, we tend to work with small and medium-sized business clients and something like a holiday season like this can truly make or break their business. And when we can, on the partnerships channel, represent anywhere from 15 to 25, sometimes 30 percent of their overall online business and they don't have stores like this is all of their business we need to deliver in order to make sure that we're supporting their business and we take great pride in that but also when we have successes but we also know that we can't miss because it's a really big deal for them so i'm always thinking about ways to help our clients make sure that they have success in this season that can represent a large chunk of their revenue for the year right no i mean that's kind of scary too right like you're you're (laughs) These companies are relying on you to, like I said, make it or break it in some cases. It, it is that fine of a line with uh, how long COVID's been going on, I think, is really so many businesses, restaurants, I mean, it's all in the news, right? They're just gone. And I think people online 
feel, I mean, they kind of have it a little easier if you don't have as much overhead, allegedly, but still, there is still something there, costs, and you need the revenue. So, yeah, inventory, all that stuff is scary right now, I, I can imagine, especially for a small medium. Once you get enough momentum, maybe you get into that too big to fail or harder to have a, a hard time. But yeah, for these small medium businesses, it's definitely going to be a very important quarter. So yeah. Well, another thing I want to kind of think about is some of the dynamics going on in the industry right now. And from your perspective, what really is grabbing your attention in the industry right now? Sure. I mean, kind of related to what we just talked about, I feel like there's a great deal of investment pouring into our channel, which is really exciting to see. I feel like there was obviously a time period when there was a lot of investment in the past. And I feel like there was a little bit of a lull. And now we've really seen in the past 18 to 24 months, a great deal of interest. And on the flip side, I feel like that's where some of our clients have struggled. You know, it's not as sexy to be investing in, you know, some clothing and beauty businesses in the DTC based, you know, space, and they've had some trouble raising. Whereas you contrast that to what we're seeing in the partnership space, the investment in agencies, the investment in, I mean, even you guys both acquiring this year, as well as receiving additional funding. And it's so fun. It's so cool. You know, I just, I love it. And it's fun to see the dynamics. And I think, looking at the big picture of you know these walled gardens that exist and where the options are for advertisers to put their money, they are looking for more options. And the folks who are um, controlling this funding are seeing that they're going to need to be more options. And they're sort of starting to really give us a foundation in this partnership economy of some real investment dollars, which is cool. Yeah, I think it really helps validate the space too. And the, you know, the more attention and dollars going into it, obviously that that bodes well for everyone. It's the, the tide floating, rising, floating all the boats. So I think it's really exciting time right now. I mean, like you said, the consolidation, which I think a lot of it has been going on in the agency space, which is really exciting and investments so that they can grow. We are seeing some consolidation, some networks or platforms buying other networks so that that's happening and i think that's more geo-based you know getting a different footprint Mm -hmm. or customer type and then we're also seeing i guess synergistic investments right where you you mentioned some that we've done but i mean the idea of expanding our footprint of addressable customers and services and technologies that we can provide the industry i think you said to me it feels like the, the most exciting times when, you know, I've been in the industry since 98. I just feel so excited now because of A, all that, and then B, just how businesses are really embracing partnerships and it's growing, you know, it's not static. It's not kind of, it seemed like, like you mentioned that kind of lull in investment, but it kind of felt like there was a lull in the industry. It was kind of the same old, same old for right. maybe five or 10 years. And then it, it's just kind of really been pivoting. And like I said, it's just a lot of excitement, which I, like I said, I feel excited. And for me to feel excited after being in the industry for almost 23 <laughs> years, that's, that's definitely a good thing. Definitely. Yeah. And I mean, where investment goes, innovation comes too, right? So you and I probably don't even know the thing that's going to come out next year. That's going to be awesome for the industry. Too. Yeah. And that's part of what keeps you kind of excited. Like to yeah. me, because we're a tech company, we're always releasing, you know, new features and functionality. And of course I know about them sometimes weeks or months before, 
And by the time they get released, I was excited about them, but now they're released. And, you know, it's kind of like, what more, more? It's like, I just keep (laughs) needing, you know, more. So I'm very excited to see, you know, what's coming next that we maybe don't know about yet. What other things have your attention? I'm interested to see how just continuing adoption of Shopify changes our space. Obviously, you have a Shopify plugin for an easy advertiser install. But beyond that, just how shopping happens online, I think, can be changed once more and more of the addressable audience is platformed on this universal platform. It's something we've never had before. And as someone who used to try and sell in technology to advertisers, you know, it was like, oh, all over the place, right? It was so hard to get a tech install. And I just think these plugins at Shopify are going to change the game. And so even an affiliate kind of make it a little bit easier to do business in a number of ways with different types of companies. And if we can do that, I think whether it's product feed improvement or other things, we can just get a lot more transactions and throughput through this channel because so many advertisers are are choosing Shopify as a platform. It's a, it's astounding. I mean, how turnkey that they've built that. And there's other ones Gosh. out there like it, you know, that are just able to bring it's like e-commerce it seems so big and then someone like shopify comes along and they have like a million stores or something it's insane like it's insane to even think that there's that many companies that are able to come online right and sell so again the more it's that all that energy bringing the tide up right it's amazing i'm i'm excited about shopify too and and the other companies out there that are competing with them i mean it's it was weird because for a while it was eBay kind of a, as a marketplace you could sell there and okay Etsy if you make your own products but they were like marketplaces right and then of course like Amazon and of course Walmart and Target and other companies have followed suit where third parties can sell there yeah. but now people can have their own store and they can participate in those other marketplaces as well but because obviously Shopify builds plugins for those but you're getting access to a customer, I think is the difference. And and again, I think it's exciting and there's so much need for expertise in that space as well, helping these small and medium-sized brands, not just with what you're doing, which, you know, help them with affiliate partnerships, but a lot of stuff they don't know, even just how to be good at supporting and customers or CRM or other marketing channels, you know, a lot of opportunity for everyone. Yeah, no question. Well, As we wrap up, I wanted to just see from your perspective, I mean, you've done a lot in your career and I'm wondering who has been a mentor influential to your career? I've been very fortunate to have a number of people who've really been very kind to me in my career. Early on, Link Sheriff Steve Denton was the president there and he gave me some chances and jobs that I was probably a little young or green to get and he really let me do those and fly and have the opportunity to grow and learn. And then after him, Yazida, who was there, really did the same and always trusted me when I asked for a new opportunity. And I'm very, very grateful for them. And then I just have a number of folks that I feel like I've grown up with in the space. So Adam Weiss, I worked really closely with for a number of years at Rakuten. And then my co-founders at Team Bespoke, I just, they're like my ride or dies, right? And Liz Curtis and Deanna Madigan. And I'm so grateful to like, to just to work with them and have their brains and create this company together. I'm one of the things I learned for a very brief while between the startup I was at and and starting Team Bespoke, I was Teamster Consulting by myself. 
And it was really lonely. And I learned that it's a lot more fun to always be working with someone you trust and really believe in. So I feel really fortunate to have had a lot of people throughout my career who've been so kind to me in that way and have been willing to work with me and create great things together. Well, it's awesome that you've got your kind of your band, your yeah. team there at Team Bespoke. Because I, I agree with you, you know, just having people that you had a history with, you know them, they know you, like you complement each other, yin and yang, your weaknesses and their strengths and where you can play off each other and each can kind of take a different role. I agree. It's that that was kind of like when we started Impact, I felt like we got the band back together and <laughs> everybody has kind of their strengths and their roles in the company that they can add to and we can rely on the others to do. So it is nice. I agree. That's a good way to put it, that ride or die kind of thing, you know, where you <laughs> feel like we can trust those people to, to get things done. Absolutely. Well, I really want to thank you, Melissa, for participating today on the Partnership Economy podcast. We're really excited that we're doing this and uh, love your perspective and contribution. Yeah, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. And congrats on, on getting this going. I think it's going to be wonderful for the industry. So thanks for having me. I'm excited too. Thanks. Thanks.